Hi everybody, this is Julian Dragason, and this is the Clinical Correlation Required Podcast, a radiology podcast about learning radiology. Today we're going to talk about the lateral chest x-ray in terms of the search pattern. But before we do that, I just want to let you know my usual disclaimer. This podcast does not represent the views and opinions of the Department of Defense, the U.S. Air Force, or any residency program anywhere. And this should be not considered to be medical advice. This is educational entertainment purposes only. So always do your own homework. And basically, I'm not responsible uh, for any consequences of following this uh, information. So before we get into the lateral chest x-ray, I want to do the uh, recommendation about non-radiology stuff. Basically, like a life and wellness sort of thing. And today's recommendation is dogs. I love animals. I uh, currently have a dog. His name is Pancake, and he's absolutely great. He's a really loving, affectionate, wonderful, energetic dog. I picked him up at the animal shelter. He was like 50 bucks. Um, he was an adult dog, and I just want to tell you that it was a wonderful decision. He's been a great companion. He's really inspirational because he's so small and he's so brave. And I want to be more like that about facing paper tigers in our lives. So if Pancake can stand up to something 20 times his weight, then I'm sure we can tackle that assignment that we have. Anyway, I want to recommend that if you want to find something extra to love in your life, then go to your local animal shelter and adopt a dog or cat. It's really uh, great. Okay, so on to the lateral chest x-ray. So by convention, lateral chest x-rays are shot with the person's left side facing the uh, actual film or the place where the radiation will reach the... Um, the cassette, essentially, and then the person's right side faces the x-ray tube or generator. And this is to reduce magnification on heart so you get better details. If you remember, uh, the closer you bring something to the place where uh, the film is, the less magnification and the more correct representation of the actual size uh, of the thing that your imaging is. So you want to keep the heart close to the um, cassette. And so other stuff on the person's right side is going to look extra large and magnified. Specifically, on the lateral, you're going to see the right ribs and the scapula. They're going to look extra big, and they're also going to be posterior. They're going to like look like they're further back. That's one way you can kind of tell left ribs versus right ribs. So in general, what's the really good thing about a lateral chest X-ray? Uh, number one, you can localize lesions that you see on the... Um, what you see on the PA. So if you saw some kind of lesion on the right lower uh, lung field of a PA chest radiograph, you can't really know if it's in the front, if it's on the skin in the front, if it's on the skin in the back, if it's on the rib, if it's uh, what section of the lung it's in. But if you get a lateral, now you have what's called an orthogonal views or two views that are 90 degrees opposite to each other, and you can localize that. So that's uh, number one. Uh, number two, there are certain things that show up much better on a lateral. And one of those things would be pleural effusions. You can detect a much smaller effusion on a lateral 
via cosmophrenic uh, angle blunting than you can on the PA. So that's a lot more sensitive. Uh, and so to approach this, we're going to be using that modified algorithm from Felsen's chest. Instead of all the many lung lesions, I use all the many lung lines. So let's go through that. All is for abdomen. So look at the diaphragm, follow them both to the front and back. The left diaphragm generally has a stomach bubble under it, unless you have a case of situs inversus, but that's really unlikely. Um, and the left diaphragm will blend into the heart shadow. So you're not going to be able to clearly see how the left diaphragm communicates with the anterior abdominal and chest wall since it blends in. The right one does not blend in, so you can trace that one all the way from the front chest wall and all the way to the back. It also doesn't have a stomach bubble under it, but you can have some loops of air-filled uh, splenic flexure underneath, so there could appear to be air underneath the right as well. And then magnification does come into this, so the right side is magnified. It'll look a little bit larger than the left. It'll look like it's going further posterior. Um, you should check both diaphragms and make sure they look nice and domed. A uh, nice smooth dome on them, not peaking, and not have a huge discrepancy in the height difference of the left or right, although the right may look like it's a little higher up than the left. There shouldn't be a giant discrepancy in the, between each one that might suggest that there's some atelectasis going on. Um, and then, of course, very importantly, look at the costophrenic and the cardiophrenic angles on both the anterior and posterior uh, both diaphragms, and you're looking for them to be nice and sharp. You're looking uh, so there isn't an infusion in there that might blunt them. So they're blunt, it basically means that they don't make that nice triangle shape. Uh, that's how they should look. It should be a nice little triangle of air between the air density and the soft tissue density. You should be able to even see this in the front where the heart shadow essentially overlies the anterior uh, costophrenic angle because uh, they are not silhouetting um, for the right diaphragm. And so if you see that kind of disappear, um, that means there might be an effusion on the right side as well. And then, of course, check the abdomen for any kind of abnormalities such as abdominal uh, gas in a branching pattern that might suggest portal venous gas, or you're looking at any kind of abdominal wall uh, abnormalities such as like abnormal contour, uh, staples, foreign bodies, uh, trace any kind of NG tubes or anything that might be going down in there. Just look and uh, take a good look and make sure there's nothing uh, out of the ordinary or anything that you can't explain. So then we're going to go further on the algorithm. So all the, the is for thorax. Again, so trace all the musculoskeletal structures in the abdominal and chest wall and the arms and spine, the scapula, the clavicles, the ribs. So the right ribs are going to be magnified here and they're going to be more posterior compared to the left ribs. That's one of the ways you can tell them apart. Um, the right scapula will also appear to be further posterior because of the magnification issue. Uh, pay attention to the vertebral bodies. Here's where you're going to look for step-offs, uh, compression fractures in old people. Uh, if it's a trauma series, definitely have a high index of suspicion of that. Look for loss of alignment. Look for uh, compression behind the vertebral bodies, anything that could be interfering with the spinal canal. Look for loss of height. 
at the vertebral bodies as you go down from the cervical to the thoracic and lumbar area, they should get progressively darkened. There should be less attenuation. If you see that the attenuation increases again, then you should be suspicious that there is some kind of air or vertebral body filling process going on. This could be an infection, it's called like the spine sign, or this could be a neoplasia, like uh, infiltrated disease of the vertebral bodies. So it could be the lung, it could be the vertebral bodies, you can't really tell, but that shouldn't happen. They should get progressively darker, not lighter. Uh, look again at the essentially the corners of the uh, film because this is where you really miss stuff. So the vertebral and bony structures of the apices as well as the arms, the scapula, the sternum. You can have uh, important destructive bony processes like osteomyelitis or sarcomas. That can hide in these places, uh, and you really want to make sure to see that, and, they, and then you don't miss it. And again, trace every rib with your eyes uh, from front to back, as far as you can see, looking for loss of continuity, looking for callous old fractures, looking for bony destructive processes. Okay, so that is T uh, thorax, V for thorax. Uh, next, all the many. Any is for mediastinum. So there's a lot going on with this one. We'll kind of break it up into its anatomy. The superior mediastinum is going to be above the heart and the inferior contains the heart. So in the superior mediastinum, you're looking for the airways, the great vessels, the esophagus. Uh, find the air lucency of the esophagus posterior and the trachea will be the air lucency anterior. They're both tube shaped. Sometimes there is no air lucency to mark out the esophagus just based on how much air the patient is swallowing. Uh, behind the trachea and in front of the spine is a place called the retrotracheal triangle, and essentially this place should be clear. The space, uh, if it fills with stuff, it might suggest posterior mediastinal pathology. So like neuromas or aberrant rites of clavian vessels, um, like this could be a cause of what's called dysphagia lusoria when you have an aberrant right subclavian artery that compresses the back of the esophagus and the trachea, and so it, it, it makes it difficult for the patient to swallow. Um, so look at that retrotracheal triangle. Just make sure that it's nice and dark. Then continue to trace the trachea down the hilum and find what's called the black hole, which essentially is going to look like a circular low attenuation structure. And what the black hole is is the upper the uh, left upper lobe bronchus. And if you find this black hole mark, it can help you find the pulmonary arteries. As you go over the superior part of the black hole, the left upper lobe bronchus, you're going to have the left pulmonary artery, which is always going to be um, superior to the right pulmonary artery. And the right pulmonary artery is on the anterior side of the black hole. Um, the posterior wall of the bronchus intermedius, which is the part of the bronchial tree after the right upper lobe bronchus splits off on the right um, is going to have its wall go through the black hole. And you can see this thing get thicker if you have an endobronchial tumor or edema or some kind of infiltrative process affecting the airways. So that's, again, the black hole is the left upper lobe bronchus. It's at the end of the trachea, and you can use it to find the pulmonary arteries. 
So we'll talk about uh, segmental bronchial anatomy later, about how the right and left uh, lobes of the lungs will split based on the airways and the vasculature. It um, comes in handy a little bit for x-rays, but it's really important for chest CTs, which is how anatomy is delineated and disease is localized in the modern era. Uh, the chest x-ray, it's important as a screener, but you'll use CT for more important delineation uh, more specific later on. So then uh, looking at the inferior mediastinum, I'm trace the heart border down uh, on the back side, the most posterior part that communicates with the pulmonary hilum. You have the left atrium that's furthest back of the heart. And then as you go further down, uh, still on the back, it becomes the left ventricle. And then right above the diaphragms, you have a little foot-like projection um, that uh, goes further posterior than the curve of the left ventricle, and that is the inferior vena cava. One uh, clue for left ventricular hypertrophy is that if you see the left ventricle actually protrudes further posterior to the inferior vena cava that suggests left ventricular hypertrophy as one way to delineate what kind of cardiomegaly you have. Moving on to the anterior side of the heart, um, the right ventricle should be separated from the sternum by the retrosternal clear space. So just like the retrotracheal triangle, this should be a low attenuation space. The space uh, can be filled by tumors. So remember your four T's, uh, terrible lymphoma, teratoma, thyroid tumors, and the fourth one escapes me, but also uh, epicardial fat pads, pericardial cysts, and right ventricular enlargement can, can do this, and so can a Morgani hernia. The right ventricle communicates with the ascending aorta uh, as far as its silhouette, um, of course, not physiologically, uh, which can be traced into the posterior mediastinum anterior to the vertebral bodies, and just check the aorta for any dilation, calcification, and that should be noted as evidence of possible disease. Also, as long as you're in the mediastinum, make sure that there is no air where there shouldn't be. Um, you shouldn't see a lot of air in between the diaphragms of the heart that can suggest a pneumomediastinum or a pneumopericardium. The outline of the heart should not be so sharp that you think that there is an air uh, interface between it and the lungs. Um, and check to see that the mediastinum doesn't have air tracking up into the uh, cervical region. Uh, pneumomediastinum and uh, pneumopericardium need a thing to consider. Okay, uh, all the many lung. Lung is for lungs, of course. Uh, and on the lateral, it's a little difficult to compare uh, lungs individually compared to the other. You kind of see them both superimposed on each other. But uh, pay special attention to volume loss and the movement of the major and minor fissures, as this can suggest atelectasis. And then you can localize the atelectasis by the displacement of the fissures. We'll do another episode on how to do that, how to pick out atelectasis, um, uh, the, uh, on which lobe has uh, become atelectatic uh, on a different episode. Look for uh, other opacities, including alveolar opacities. So this is going to be your complete whiteout of alveolar space, which can be blood, cells, pus, or water, uh, or interstitial thickening. So thickening of the lung connective tissues due to inflammation, cancer, or infection. 
Look for pleural lines that may indicate pneumothorax. Uh, remember the air rises and uh, fluid levels can be pus, water, hemorrhage. And remember the fluid will fall. I think how the patient is positioned. So if you have your standard lateral chest x-ray, it'll be a standing patient as opposed to a patient that is sitting or a decubitus lateral. Just uh, think about where gravity is, what side is dependent and where your air will rise or where your fluid will fall to, to look for those sort of things. So that's lungs. Uh, and then lastly, look for lines. So lines is again there to remind you to look for your invasive devices. Follow your gastric tubes into the esophagus, into the abdominal area. Follow your endotracheal tubes. Where are they in relation to the carina? Uh, follow your pacemakers. See that they're ending in the appropriate ventricle. Um, follow your heart valves and uh, essentially look to see, identify if they're mitral, aortic, pulmonic, or tricuspid. We'll do another episode on heart valves. That's a whole other bear. Uh, look for your aortic balloon device. Make sure that it is inferior to the left subclavian vein. Uh, look for your central lines. Make sure that they're ending in the uh, SVC, right atrial area. Um, check to see any other kind of central lines that... You may have ECMO lines. Are they in a reasonable place? Have they changed compared to your comparison films? Uh, just take another look and just make sure you can trace and explain every line that you can. Don't be hesitant to ask your referring clinician or even see the patient if you have to. Uh, you don't want to miss something uh, important like that. Okay, so thanks so much for listening. I appreciate your patience. I try to get these episodes out as soon as I have some time. If you like what you hear, leave a nice review on iTunes. I really appreciate that. I know it's a little difficult to see this podcast up. Um, I had some difficulty downloading it. I'm not sure if that is uh, the result of the host or if it just takes a while to uh, become normal. But I appreciate you guys having your patience. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great day.